There are many sports podcasts out there, but only this one is right on. Our breakdown of all 32 NFL teams continues today with the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers on the Right On Sports Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the Bright On Sports Podcast. I'm I'm Kyle Wright. I already have something to edit out. Nice little stutter there. I'm here with my co-host Marcus. Marcus, how you doing today, bud? Hey, not too bad, man. How are you doing, Kyle? <laughs> there we go. I'm not even going to edit it out. I'm going to keep it in there. It's, that's what kind of that's what kind of show this is going to be today. If you guys are listening, uh, we have a we have a great show in store for you guys today. We have a Minnesota Vikings fan actually on standby right now. Um, we have a Green Bay Packers fan coming on a little later in the show. You guys heard our episode earlier this week. Obviously, we're on the NFC North. We were able to talk to a Lions fan, a Bears fan. They both think they're going over 500 in a division where these two teams that we're talking about today have kind of been if daddy, if you will, for the last couple of years. So this is going to be a lot of fun. But before we get started, I want to shout out Chef Chris over at Bo's Restaurant here in Panama City Beach, Florida, 2304 Thomas Drive. Their phone number is 850-775-1828. Uh, Marcus, I had a chance to go there today and get me a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit for breakfast. Dude, oh, it's did just you so know? good, man. No yeah. biscuits and gravy today? No biscuits and gravy today. I'm, I'm trying to watch my shape. Oh, so, yeah. I see you're well, trying to run, man. Hey, good for you. No, nah, trying to run. Trying to run is definitely the correct terminology. So, yeah, so uh, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good, dear. So check them out over there at Bose. They're really great guys. Uh, small restaurant, but great atmosphere. Really cool place to go. Marcus, uh, why don't you tell everybody about our Father's Day giveaway? Because we have everything finalized for this now. We sure do. And you know, if you've been listening for a while now, we've we've had a $50 gift card uh, from Fanatics that comes straight from Kyle and I. However, as of today, we have a couple extra surprises. So as of now, we're going to be do- not doing one, but five total gift packages for Father's Day giveaways. So that gives you much more opportunities that possibly win. So make sure that you're you know watching out for that post that comes out um the details with it make sure you're posting a picture with, with you and your kids you know we want to show great appreciation for those fathers out there you know supporting their families to take care of their kids um it's you know the surprises are going to be there but some are going to be local some are going to be for out-of-towners too so everybody's got an opportunity here it's not just for those living in panama city so stay tuned for that absolutely a big shout out to the people who are making this possible uh us of course shout out to us <laughs> just gotta, gotta i gotta get the arrogance out of the way i gotta get the arrogance out of the way <laughs> but for real uh shout out to kl skags uh they're one of our great sponsors they're hooking us up with some stuff here chef chris over at bose who i just talked about he's hooking us up with some stuff leanne swarson trooper with team mvp shout out to leanne i miss you and i love you uh jason turk with riot sports uh, he's hooking us up with some stuff this is gonna be great man honestly i'm really excited for this all right, Marcus, we did it. We we Marcus. what do we do? We made it on to Apple Podcast. It only took four weeks, but we made it. I am so glad because now the iPhone users can stop asking me. I don't have Spotify. Well, how can I listen? Now you have it on Apple Music. You're welcome. Maybe get an Android like an adult. Ooh. <laughs> All right, so we've been talking about it. Enough ranting, enough running our mouths. Uh, we have a Minnesota Vikings fan that's joining us on the show right now. Jamari, how you doing, man? I'm do- I was doing be- doing good until he started talking about my Apple products, and then I felt some type of way right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I I apologize, but come on, I mean, Android is the way to go, right? Android is like great value at Walmart. Thank you, Jamar. Oh! I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. <laughs> My goodness. And they're not great right. value, though. They're not great value, though. That's some good food. <laughs> <laughs> I can't I can't not great value. I grew up on that stuff. 
<laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, so Jamari, tell everybody a little bit about yourself and why you're a Vikings fan. Yeah, so my name is Jamari. Um, I grew up uh, basically, you know, starting to watch football when I was just a kid. Um, I actually became a Vikings fan because I'm actually from Utah, and we don't have football there. It's basically Utah Jazz or soccer. So most of us are usually Denver Bronco fans or San Diego or any type of California fan. But the first game I ever watched NFL-wise was a Minnesota Vikings uh, game. And it happened to me, Randall Cunningham and Randy Moss were on the TV. And I just saw Randy Moss just light it up. And from then on, I was just basically nothing but Vikings. I mean, I've been through some heartbreaks. I mean, even though, you know, I haven't been watching, you know, only 25. So basically I only got a few years in with Minnesota fully understanding it, but I've got some heartbreaks, you know, wide left. <laughs> Brett Farm throwing an interception to the Saints. You know, we could have had a Super Bowl ring right now, but um, still ride or die for my team no matter what. Uh, even though we've lost four Super Bowls, you know, that doesn't help us any either, especially with Packer fans because they, all they talk about is their one, well, two Super Bowls and one in the last, what, 20 years. But, hey, it doesn't matter to me. I still think we're a better team. <laughs> <laughs> well, Marcus, I'm going to let you start, man, because you have this first question in there directed for from you. Yeah, so first question, starting off with both Kyle and I, you know, we're Florida State fans, so we love Dalvin Cook. We love us of Dalvin Cook. He's a top-tier running back when he's healthy. As a fan, do you believe that the Vikings will be a run-heavy team again next season, or do you think they're going to incorporate more of the uh, passing game under Captain Kirk Cousins? Honestly, I think it depends on how Mike Zimmer's feeling that week because Mike Zimmer – is determined he is going to run the football. As you can see, like our first two weeks, uh, you know, last year, I mean, we were a run-heavy team. I think uh, Kirk Cousins only threw 10 passes the first game. I mean, granted, we still won, but, I mean, a guy that's getting paid, you know, $34 million a year to throw 10 passes a game, I'm a, I mean, if it works, it works. But uh, Dalvin, to me, is on another level. I mean, when he's healthy, to me, I think he's the best running back in the league. And I'm not saying that to be bi to be biased. I mean, there are some great running backs in the league like Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. But Dalvin is one of those running backs where he can literally put a team on his back. And they're a whole different team without him. Like you saw, we saw when we played uh, Green Bay last year. Um, the first game he played, we should have won if it wasn't Kirk Cousins throwing an interception at the end of the game in the end zone, but then we didn't play him the next time, and it was ugly. Uh, Kirk Cousins, I mean, he couldn't do anything that game, and you can just tell, like, this whole offense is centered around Dalvin Cook. So I think it really just depends on how Mike Zimmer's feeling. If he wants to run the ball that week, we will. But if he has a receiver call him out like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen did last year, you know, he'll probably let Kirk Cousins loose a little bit. So honestly, I think it just depends on Mike Zimmer and how he feels. The one thing about Dalvin Cook, though, is his durability, man. It just doesn't – he was the same way at FSU. It seems like he is yeah. – uh, it seems like he's very fragile. And I hate to use that word to talk about a grown man playing running back in the NFL, but he, he cannot stay healthy. He's had three seasons in the NFL. He has yet to play a full season. Last season was his you know closest to being full. He played 14 games last year and ran for 1,100 yards. I, I don't think you're far off when you say that if he could be healthy, he could be the best running back in the NFL. But can he stay healthy, Jamari? Honestly, I got to give it uh, – like, even though he played 14 games last year, um, you know, for us, honestly, he sat out two games mainly because the team, the team wanted him fresh for the playoffs, which in the end it did help us when he went against New Orleans. But I don't know, man. Like, first year he had an ACL torn, uh, and he – man, he was on his way to rookie of the year to me. And then this year, he's got some bangs up. Last year, the year before that, he got some uh, thigh issues. And so, I don't know. I mean, Dalvin Cook is just a hit or miss. I mean, can his body take the punishment every single game in and out, especially when our offense is so reliant on him? Granted, we had two, you know, top receivers. Well, Diggs is gone now. But to me, I don't know if he can hold up. And this is a contract year for him. You know how players play when it's a contract year. He might be doing something to make sure he's on that field, you know, all all year this year because he's playing for our contract this year. So I think this year he's going to do everything it takes to stay on that field because he knows 
whether how he does is basically how he's going to get paid compared to the other top running backs. Absolutely. So let me move on to this next question here. Um, I, I thought that Minnesota did a great job in the draft this year, um, more notably so in the first round. After getting rid of Stephon Diggs, the major question was there, who are they going to have come in and compliment Adam Thielen? And they drafted Justin Jefferson out of LSU, who I thought was the best wide receiver in college football last year. Uh, I think they're – did he win the Blitnikoff Award or was it Jamar Chase? I, I don't remember. I thought it was Jamar Chase. I, I think it was Jamar Chase, the other LSU wide receiver. But still, Jefferson had a great year. Um, hard not to when Burroughs throwing 60 touchdowns. But yeah. um, th- the thing is about Justin Jefferson, though, he is a slot receiver. Well, primarily slot receiver. And Adam Thielen is that same kind of guy. So who do you think slides out to be the number one guy? And who do you think stays in the slot? So I, I watched film on both. I watched um, Jefferson in college, and I watched recently last season when uh, Adam was healthy and he had digs. Um, when I watched uh, when I watched Justin Jefferson, he was slot everywhere, every time. Anytime he scored a touchdown, he's a slot guy. Adam, when he scored, he was either in slot or he was outside. So I think our offense is predicated for our receivers to be able to be flexible. You can be outside or you can be slot. I think at the end of the day, I think they're going to move Adam Thielen out to, you know, to the outside and have Justin Jefferson as a slot because that man in the slot, I mean, granted, Joe Burrow was just all world last year, but that man in the slot really works in DBs. <laughs> and it, and it, was, it was crazy. So I think Justin Jefferson is probably going to end up being our slot receiver, but I wouldn't be surprised if he gets some rotation as an outside because that's just what our – offense is predicated on moving in and out and being flexible as a receiver. So I'm going to be on the opposite of this right here. I believe that mm-hmm. um, that uh, Adam Thielen is going to be primarily in the slot this season. And I'm going to say that because of chemistry with him at Kirk Cousins. Adam Thielen yeah. was one of the most targeted slot receivers in the NFL um, as far as for fantasy football PPR purposes. Um, that yeah. is absolutely phenomenal because uh, it was a nightmare um, the last couple of seasons. If you had Stephon Diggs or if you had Adam Thielen, you didn't know who was getting that ball. And I oh, think that, that Justin Jefferson, you know, he's going to get his slot receiver time, especially if they play, uh, you know, four receivers out or if they play yeah. three with a, a three with Kyle Rudolph in a passing formation, you know, uh, maybe mm-hmm. getting a, a, you know, a, a fade route or a three and out yeah. route. But I believe yeah. that with that chemistry that him and Kirk already have that's solidified, that Thielen is going to be the primarily slot and that Justin Jefferson yeah. will be your ex receiver for uh, the f- next season. Yeah, yeah. And I believe he can play. I believe he can play outside. I mean, because to me, when I looked out of all the receivers from Ruggs, Judy, CeeDee Lamb, um, even the guy that was picked before Justin Jefferson, Jalen Rigger. Out of all those five guys, the guy the guy that I think that was most pro ready, you know, Chris Routes can catch with his hands and just a plug and play guy, I think was Justin Jefferson because this guy just ran some unbelievable routes. It didn't matter where you were going with him, he was gonna win his match. And I think, you know, in the NFL, you know, corners ain't just gonna be bummy. You ain't gonna face no <laughs> no division three corners again. No, these are NFL starters. And I feel like Justin Jefferson's game was actually fit for our offense because he can do both. So I think, you know, I can't disagree with you. I think it could be either way. With those yeah, two absolutely. So let's talk about your guy in our center, number eight, Captain Kirk. I'm not sure if you know as a fan, but he just got another multi-year fully guaranteed contract. Do you have faith he's going to be that guy that's going to get your team to the Super Bowl? Or do you think that somebody else needs to come in and take that spot? One for my first, my first answer is how much is getting paid? He better be the guy because I mean, he's taking up a good chunk of our cap space. But honestly, Kirk Cousins is not a guy that I can depend on basically taking a game over. That's one thing after time and time again. Kirk Cousins has showed us that he cannot just put a team on his back and win the game for him. I think Kirk Cousins is a perfect storm quarterback. Everything has to be working right for him to succeed. It's not saying he's a below-average quarterback, but I feel like the defense has to be on fire, offensive line has to block, our running game has to be going in order for him to, you know, even 
even take a shot down the field or try to win the game. Because if you notice in, in the New Orleans game, offense was moving the ball, defense was making stops, and Kirk had that bomb to Adam Thielen. And that was the first time you really saw Kirk in a clutch, you know, performance really make that throw to win the game. But then you get to the next next game against San Francisco, and it's back to the same <laughs> Kirk Cousins where Kirk, I mean, uh, Dalvin didn't even go for 20 yards rushing, and Kirk just looked lost out there. He just, I mean, I mean, granted, Art, they're, they're D-line, ARO line a lot. But, I mean, as a quarterback, I'm paying you $35 million a year. You need to find a way. I don't care. If nothing's going right, you need to find a way. And I just think Kirk isn't that, that, that find-a-way type of quarterback yet. Listen, man, I, I got to tell you, I've seen worse quarterbacks than Kirk Cousins win the big game. I mean, I've seen yeah. Rex Grossman uh, well, get to the Super Bowl, at least. I saw Rex Grossman get there. I saw Trent Dilfer raise a Super Bowl trophy. Brad Johnson, Joe Flacco. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've seen worse quarterbacks than Cousins do it, but I do agree with you. I think uh, he he lacks that ability to take over, and it almost seems like if, if Dalvin Cook doesn't have a good game, then Cousins is – it's almost over. I don't want to knock them too much for the San Francisco um, performance because, I mean, they shut down Aaron Rodgers too. I mean, it, that's kind of uh, – San Francisco was that team last year, you know? Yeah, but yeah, that, I, um, that defense was Max World. <laughs> yeah, they were nasty. But I, I, the key to those other guys that I mentioned is they had elite defenses on the other side of them, and I, I don't know if Minnesota has that right now, especially after losing Everson Griffin and – uh and Xavier Rhodes in free agency. Uh, on top of I that, did, too, they lost I Sheldon did. Richardson to the Browns. That's right. Yeah. So I and one of so the, we have some losses. I mean, granted, we lost uh, some key core people to our defense. You know, Xavier Rhodes, of course. I mean, I wasn't really upset about losing him because every time he was on the field, teams literally target him. Like it didn't matter where he was going. I mean, teams went after him. And Xavier Rhodes, at one point in time to me with a top five corner in the league. He used to shut people down. But over the couple past years or so, I don't know what's happened with him, but teams were literally targeting. We had rookie cornerbacks on the field, and they choose to go after Xavier Rhodes. So him, I'm not really that worried about. Everson Griffin is still out there. There have been talks about him maybe coming back on a, on a one-year deal. Um, but I really feel like we've got some deep guys in the D-line that can, you know, that can uh, supplement that. I just think for us, for the defensive, you know, for defense as Minnesota, I mean, that's Mike Zimmer's identity. And last year, I mean, we struggled on defense, especially in pass coverage. I know we had some rookies out there, but Kirk Cousins, you know, I mean, after after a while, you know, Kirk Cousins can only do so much. If our team, our offense is not built to put up 35 points a game, that's just not our offense. We're to run the ball, make it a low-scoring game, and we'll get you 21, 28 points maybe a game. Our, our defense is supposed to be that guy that shuts down offenses time and time again. But, you know, last year, I mean, people had a field day with our defense. I mean, Chicago had a second-string uh, quarterback, Chase Daniel, just light us up. And I'm like, dang, oh, Trubisky's not playing this year? I mean, this game? I guess, you know, this is an easy win. No, I think we ended up losing, like, by 14 points that game. So, Yes, I mean, I can understand Kirk Cousins is, you know, you know, he needs to have a perfect defense around him, but I just think our defense isn't what it used to be, and we finally got a glimpse of that last year of like, hey, we just can't rely on the defense anymore to, you know, shut offenses down. Absolutely. So let's take a look at that NFL draft real quick. Uh, obviously, when you traded Diggs to the Bills, you got – you got three picks for that, right? You got a 2025th rounder, a 2026th rounder. Okay, you got four picks for it. My bad. 2021 fourth rounder and a 2020 first round pick, which you guys ended up drafting Justin Jefferson with. Um, do you think that trade's going to work out to benefit the team in the long run? So, honestly, I, I this was a typical uh, Rick Spillman move because Rick Spillman likes draft picks. I mean, we ended up having 15 draft picks in the NFL draft, which is the most ever which is typical Rick Spielman. He just likes to get as many uh, picks as he can. And, you know, as a Vikings fan, it's so frustrating because you're thinking that you're about to get someone and then you get on the ticker tape, oh, Minnesota has just traded back. But I think what Rick Spielman did, especially with the Stephon Dix trade, I think it really helped us because, one, we got a great one well, to me, I think a top two, top two or top three receiver in that draft. Yes, he was, you know, overshadowed by Jamar Chase from LSU, but I think Justin Jefferson, 
is the most pro-ready NFL wide receiver from that draft. And then and then we ended up getting a great cornerback, uh, Jeff Gladney, out of TCU, and then we ended up getting Ezra Cleveland, a great offensive tackle, who some had as a first-round um, pick, possibly, um, especially to Minnesota. So I think the overall depth that we got from the trade, and I think that was the only type of trade that Rick Spillman was going to do. Give me draft picks and give me some good quality draft picks. Will it work out in the long run? I don't know. We got to see how Justin Jefferson is on the field. But, you know, to me, <laughs> I think we got a haul, especially to what Arizona had to give up for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm like, well, if, if Houston was going to get that, I would have traded Stephon Diggs for DeAndre Hopkins straight up, and I, I would have been good with that. So I think, no I think in, the end, in the end it's going to work out for us. No doubt. I, and I, I mean, just before you go, Marcus, I, I, I want to throw you, you kind of get rid of somebody who, in my opinion, anytime you can get rid of somebody who doesn't want to be somewhere, it's a good move for the team. And Diggs didn't want to be there anymore. And that became obvious. Yeah, absolutely. It, it was so obvious that he didn't want to be there anymore. Go ahead, Marcus. Yeah, so personally, I think it definitely helps him out. I mean, Stephon Diggs was asking for top five, you know, wide receiver money. Um, it's kind of hard to do that when, as we mentioned earlier on this episode, Kirk Cousins threw 10 passes in the first game of the season. You're already paying somebody $33 million guaranteed to do that. So why would yeah. you need to pay somebody $15 million, you know, $48 million between two people that doesn't really, you know, do too much on that scale? Um, you know, with obviously the, the first round pick, Justin Jefferson, um, you know, the other, the, the day three picks, in the fifth and sixth round, you know, you picked up KJ Osborne from uh, Miami as one of your picks too. And that's a, that's a, you know, he was a senior wide receiver, you know, that's a, that's a guy who's going to come in and try to take over, you know, get some reps in with the first team. Um, But overall Minnesota did pretty good. They picked up um, a lineman from uh, Boise state who was projected to be in the first round and they picked him up in the second round. So that beeped everything up too. So overall Minnesota was one of the teams that did well, I think it's going to benefit them in the long run, though. Uh, it's much cheaper to have Justin Jefferson for five years versus Stephon Diggs for two or three. Um, he's going to want mm-hmm. to come in there. He's going to want to be the guy. Come and you know, eventually, Adam Thielen's going to get older, and Kirk Cousins is still going to have you know, if he's still in Minnesota, develop that chemistry, and he could be a you know potential top ten, top fifteen receiver for years to come. Yeah, I so, agree. I think my, I think the. Um... I think well. What I think is that it's a it's a Minnesota Vikings fans won't like what I have to say, but to me, if if Stephon Diggs wanted to be a number one receiver and I had to choose Diggs or Thielen, to me, I'm going to choose Diggs, and that's just my personal preference because Diggs' route running to me was just to me top five in the league. I mean, granted, he doesn't get enough credit about his route route running, and we saw when Adam Thielen wasn't on the field he was still able to put up numbers no matter how, what receiver we had. I mean, we had some freaking four string guys that were just coming off their practice squad playing for Minnesota. So to me, I mean, it's not a popular opinion, but to me, if I was Minnesota, I would have traded actually Adam Thielen and made Stephon Diggs and then made Stephon Diggs the number one wide receiver. Really? that That's interesting. Uh, you know, that's something we could definitely talk more of. So, Let's talk about your schedule. Um, taking a look at it, you guys are ranked the tenth hardest schedule in the league. You've got some pretty pretty big teams that you're gonna be playing. Uh, do you have any worries or concerns? You know that might uh, object you guys to go into the playoffs this year. I mean, to me, I think we're gonna find out what team, what type of team I have within the first six, first six weeks, especially game one of the season <laughs> against Green Bay. I mean, granted, week one, it doesn't tell you a whole lot. But, I mean, it's a divisional rival. You know, battle for the division is always up for grabs no matter what, you know, no matter who you're playing. But we're going to find out what team we have in Green Bay, you know, week one. And then, to me, I don't know what – I don't know why the NFL does this. They always schedule a Seattle at Seattle on a primetime game. <laughs> so oh, you know game, why. Have, <laughs> oh, oh, you know why. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It gets, I get so heated. I'm like, we played, like, Seattle, like, three or four times in a row – and it's in Seattle in a primetime game. And so that's week five. So I think that's going to be a real test on what type of team we have and, you know, if we're going to make some noise. Because 
after that, I mean, the schedule does get a little bit, you know, we do get, we do get a break every now and then. Um, you know, I'm looking at week 11. We do play against Dallas. Um, week 12 is going to be a great game, which is Carolina, because we're going to go face Teddy Bridgewater. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be a little psyched up because, you know, we chose Kirk Cousins over him. And then week 14 is at Tampa Bay. Uh, and I think we're going to come out with a win, first of all, at Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay is getting too much credit with uh, getting Brady. I mean, granted, he's still a top quarterback in our league. But, you know, just throwing a bunch of things together in one offseason, I'm not sure if it's going to work. Is it too many hands in Tampa Bay? But I think we go and get that win. But the biggest game for me, I think, is week 16 at New Orleans. I don't know if this is a new rivalry in the NFL or in the NFC, but every year it seems like we're going to New Orleans. And, you know, year after year, somehow, somehow we find a way to win in New Orleans. But I think week 16 is going to be our biggest game of the year at New Orleans because it's just going to be a lot of hype. And, you know, New Orleans just has left a bad taste in our mouths from, you know, the NFC Championship game to Minneapolis Miracle to now last season when I don't think it was a pass interference, but that, you know, overtime catch by uh, Kyle Rudolph. So I think week, week 16 is going to be the biggest game of our season because New Orleans, you know, I'm pretty sure wants redemption and it's one week away from the playoffs. You know what, to to the Saints fans listening that keep on whining about that being pass interference, maybe don't put P.J. Williams, a slot corner, on the biggest target on Minnesota's team, Kyle Rudolph, who is, you know, probably one of the best red zone tight ends in the NFL, if not the best. I mean, you got to look at Kelsey and Kittle. But after that, it's definitely yeah. Rudolph. Um, yeah, one-on-one matchup. One matchup, he's a basketball, he's a basketball guy anyway. So yeah, he's absolutely. used to going up for rebounds. And so having that small of a receiver on him, I mean, both of them were tugging at each other. So, I mean, honestly, I don't think it was a pass interference. But Kyle Rudolph, one-on-one, I'm taking that matchup. As a guy who played tight end, that's that's all legal. So um, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that you, got, that you have you guys beating Tampa Bay because Marcus and I both have you guys beating Tampa Bay as well, even at Tampa Bay. And it's at, before you came on, uh, before we started recording, uh, Marcus and I both said the same exact thing about Tampa Bay that we think that's a little bit overhyped. Um, and I agree with you. The key to this schedule is that first seven games that you had mentioned. The, I mean, Green Bay at Indianapolis, who, by the way, people need to be talking about the Colts this year. I know we're going to get to the AFC South, but keep your eyes on the Colts. Play the Titans. You play at the Texans, at Seattle, against Atlanta, which – what which Atlanta are we going to get this year? And then at Green Bay, yeah. and if they can come out of that five and two, four and three, they if they can come out over five hundred, pretty much the Vikings are set up to have a good season here. And uh, so, with that mm-hmm. being said, I want to ask you what uh what's your record prediction for this season? So my record prediction after I've gone through the schedule a few times, I think we're going to go ten and six. I think that's a safe bet. Um, I think we split every single divi- every single division game. Uh, I, I think that we just split. You know, we always going to win at home, and I think when we go away, we're going to lose. Um, I think it's just how Minnesota plays. Wherever we go on the way to the division, besides Detroit, I mean, granted, we have – I don't know what it is about playing in uh, Detroit. We always seem to do well. But I think 10-6 and six is going to be our record, which I think now that they've added one more team to the playoffs this year – I think will be big, you know, will be enough to get us in. I just think, you know, going to Seattle, I have us actually losing both primetime games because it's just, it's a perfect storm. It's at night, it's primetime, the world's watching, and Minnesota slash Kirk Cousins will find a way to lose the game. So I think 10 and 6 will win the game, will, you know, get us to the playoffs. Will it win the division? I don't think so because the team I'm scared the most of is the Green Bay Packers. And even though they did not add any type of talent around Aaron Rodgers, the one thing I don't bet on is that Aaron Rodgers with the chip on his shoulder. That is the one thing I don't bet on. It's, it's Aaron Rodgers. He's still one of the top five quarterbacks in our league. And I feel like he is going to be playing determined, especially after the insult that Green Bay did with drafting, <laughs> drafting a quarterback in the first round. So I feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to be on a scorched earth tour, and I think they end up probably winning the division. But I still give us uh, give us a chance of making the playoffs with ten and six. Marcus, you know it's ironic 
we had a Bears fan and a Lions fan that both said that their teams could go 10 and 6. Now, as a Vikings <laughs> fan, you know that's hilarious. Yeah. But you're probably you're obviously the first one that we've had that's been hesitant saying they don't have a lot of faith as far as the winning division cuz they're afraid of another team. However, I believe you guys are going to go 11 to 5 winning the division. Well, I say wow. what you're Right for first with four and two, you're gonna with the Packers. Um, I have you guys losing to the week five against the Seahawks, week eight, week nine, week 11, and week 16. Um, obviously, like we had discussed earlier, both of us have picked the Buccaneers to lose that one, just you know, out of I live in Tampa. And the fact of the matter is, is they're already celebrating the Super Bowl before the season started. So I'm just expecting <laughs> again, like a perfect storm to just collapse. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I'm pretty optimistic. You know, like we discussed, those first seven games are very crucial. I have you guys going five and two. Um, the, don't sleep on the Titans this year. I think they're going to win their division. I don't think the Colts are going to do much with a with a 39 year old Philip Rivers. That's just my personal opinion. Oh, he is awful. He is awful. I mean, we played him last year, and I felt so bad, like, just watching that game for San Diego. I mean, because Phillip Rivers was just throwing ducks in the air. I think we had four interceptions that game, and, I mean, poor Phillip Rivers. I mean, he just does not have it. I mean, granted, he's got, you know, the 19 kids or 11. I know he has a whole clan over there, but Phillip Rivers, <laughs> to me, I don't see <laughs> I don't see it. And the greatest thing I know is that Xavier Rhodes is going to be on the Colts, and I can't wait because he, oh, my gosh, he's made me so upset last year, and I just can't, cannot wait to target that guy because that guy is going to be trying to look for revenge, and I can't wait to either Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen gives him that work. <laughs> and, um, so I have the Vikings going 10-6 and six also. Um, I do have them finishing second in the division to uh, the team we're going to have on here next, the Packers. Uh, I have the Packers. I won't spoil that yet, but I do have the, the Packers just being a little bit better this year. Uh, key, yeah. key losses are, I, of course, I have at Green Bay. As you said, I, on the road, division games, they're losing all those. I have them losing to Dallas, and I have them losing to the Titans and at mm-hmm. Seattle. So there's that. All right. So Jamar, I'm going to give you one more chance here because we're running a little low on time. Is there anything else you want to make sure you say for the other Vikings fans and for other fans of other teams before we, uh, before we let you go? Uh, hot take this year. I think this is Mike Zimmer's on the hot seat this year. I think this year, because we have not extended him or Rick Stillman and granted, we just came off a 10 and six season, you know, going to the playoffs, winning in new Orleans. But I think Mike Zimmer, every year, it's different. We start 7-9, and nine, then we go 11-5, and five, then we go 8-8, eight and eight, then we go 13-13, and 13, then we go 8-7, and seven, and now last year we go 10-6. and six. And I think being good is, you know, they say the enemy of great is good. And I think Mike Zimmer, the ownership is seeing like, hey, yeah, you are accomplishing this, but we need to win more than one playoff game. We need to, you know, after dramatic wins, then we end up getting blown out. So I think this is actually a hot seat for Mike Zimmer this year because, one, the ownership has not extended him, and I think we have to see, is he the guy to give us over the top, or are we just good about being, you know, the middle of the pack in the NFC this year? All right, fair enough. Well, hey, Jamari, we're going to roll on to this next segment. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, you can stay on for a minute after we start stop recording, and uh, that way we can chat with you for a minute. All right, guys, we're going to take okay. a short break, and we will be right back with the Green Bay Packers fan, Ross Robinson, so stay with us. Planning a trip to Disney can be extremely stressful, more stressful than it should be. That's why when my wife and I took our honeymoon there, we used Adventures with Allie. Allie planned our entire trip for us from the moment we left our home to the moment we left Orlando, and everything was absolutely perfect. The best part about it is that Allie's services are 100% complimentary. She even allows you to make payments on your trip, which was extremely useful for us at the time because we were new parents. Book your trip to Disney or even Universal today by contacting Allie via email at Allie, that's A-L-L-Y, at glassslipperconcierge.com or by simply messaging her on her Facebook page, Adventures with Allie, specializing in Disney travel and more. All 
All right, welcome back, everybody. And we have a Green Bay fan on the line with us. But before we get into that, I want to shout out one of our other great sponsors, KL Skaggs Heating and Air, LLC. Guys, listen, it's starting to get hot. It is really starting to get terrible down here in the panhandle. You guys know it as well as I do. It's about to be a rough year. So make sure your affairs are in order. Make sure you have a working air conditioner. Make sure everything is good to go. If you have any issues, give these guys a call. They'll work with you. 850-238-5414. One of these guys came over the other day, looked at my stuff, and was out of here in 20 minutes, and it's been working great ever since. Uh, they're fast. They're efficient. Give them a call. And I mean, I've known Chris for better part of seven or eight years, and it's been it's been a great relationship that I've had with that guy. He's a very, very good guy. So give them a call. All right. So, Marcus, we have a Green Bay Packer fan on here. And we've been excited for this one for a little while. And it and it's only because of two words that we've been excited for this. What's that? Jordan Love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Very excited to get a Packers perspective on things. Uh, welcome to the show, Ross Robinson. How you doing, Ross? I'm doing good, Kyle. How are you, man? Uh, we're fantastic. Thank you so much for giving us your time tonight. No problem. All right, so before we get started here, I want you to uh, kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself. So I'm the chef of the Hilton Garden Inn over in Panama City on 23rd, well, 231 and 23rd Street by the Steak and Shake. I've been cooking for about 15 years of my life, all the way through. Uh, started at McDonald's, worked my way through culinary school, moved to the cities, moved to Durham, North Carolina, cooked in some restaurants there, came down here because it's nice and close to the beach, and we got the beautiful golf here. And now it's just a matter of getting out and enjoying it. So you're originally from Wisconsin, right? Yeah, I'm originally from Wisconsin. All right, good deal. All right, so let's get right into this uh, conversation here about the Packers. And what better way to start than with the draft? Um, this was a heavy wide receiver draft. Obviously, one of the deepest wide receiver drafts we've seen in a very, very long time. Big names on the board for Green Bay to take here in the first round. But they go with a – okay, I'm sorry. They trade out of the first round, but then they trade back in to make sure they get a first-round pick and they draft quarterback Jordan Love out of Utah State. Marcus and I have been talking. We think that they had a really poor draft this year. What were your thoughts on it? Uh, it's definitely the worst draft in the NFL this year. They so, were I mean, right like, on the cusp, right no, on the cusp of the Super Bowl last year, and obviously you the average person can only name one wide receiver. I think the average Packer fan can maybe name two of the guys that Rodgers is throwing the ball to. So you deep wide receiver draft, you pick up one of these wide receivers that went even early second round, and you're like, okay, game on. We Aaron has someone to throw to, someone to give Adams a break, uh, someone else that can take the top off the field maybe, and we're going after the Super Bowl. and then. They trade up for the quarterback, Jordan Love. All the ESPN guys and all of the talking heads nationally are saying how it's fitting that it's the same exact situation Rodgers was in at, with Favre. And if you look back at that draft, Rodgers was projected number one or two and fell to Green Bay at 23, I think it was. They didn't have to waste any draft capital to get him. Whereas with Jordan Love, they went out and actively traded for him. So that's losing a third-round pick that could have helped the team. And not taking a wide receiver at all in the draft was just baffling. Yeah, I mean, to catch up on that receiver thing, like, holy crap. I mean, you look at the, the list of the people that they could have got. T. Higgins, Denzel Mims. Brandon Ayuk from Arizona State, LaVisca Chinook Jr., Jalen Rieger, well, technically, ranking-wise, yes, but he somehow got drafted in the first round over all these different people. But they had opportunities to draft a talented wide receiver, and it almost made it seem like that they 
for some reason were invested in Al- in Alan Lazard, which they only gave him a one year ga- uh, contract. So it wasn't like that they gave him a long term deal. But it was, I mean, if you're trying to go for a Super Bowl and you're one game away, you would think that to help Aaron Rodgers get that much closer, you would draft a weapon for him. And I was just mind blown. It wasn't that he even draft that. Their first two rounds were positions they had solid starters for. It didn't yeah. make any sense. It made no sense. I mean, Aaron Jones is a good running back. I mean, he, he yeah, they haven't given him a contract. Exactly. I mean, so what does that what does that do? I mean, you know, you're coming Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's coming up to be 37 and now you're telling me, "Oh, we're not going to give him any weapons. But we're going to draft outside of of that." I believe the to be honest with you, the last skill player position to be drafted since 2000 was Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's that's, that's mind-blowing. But so let's go back to Aaron Rodgers for a second. I mentioned before he's going to be 37 this season in December. I'm still a big believer he's a top five quarterback in the NFL. Whether anybody, you know, Vikings, Packers fans, or uh, you know, Lions, Bears, anybody thinks that. Um, I, I think he's still got two to three years for prime time quality to win a ring. Um, with him drafting Jordan Love, do you think that his window to win one is even shorter now, now that you've got a first-round draft pick sitting as your number two quarterback? Looking at the, his contract, they're tied to him for at least three years, and then that fourth year left is where they can move off on him. So I think the window is still the same. I just didn't see anywhere the draft or even this offseason that Green Bay has made this roster better this year even drafting or uh, signing a old up uh, Devin Funches doesn't really impress me that much yeah that was a steal no I'm just kidding that really wasn't not at all not at all (laughs) I gotta tell you man from an outsider perspective I Aaron Rodgers there's a very real argument for Aaron Rodgers to be the best quarterback in the NFL and I, I don't, I don't think if I had to say, I mean, obviously I'm going to go Tom Brady, but if, if I have to choose any quarterback in the NFL right now, and really in recent memory, almost, I mean, as long as I've been watching football, I've really been diced, like really dialed into football for about 10 to 15 years here. And as long as I've been watching football, if, if I have two minutes on the clock and I'm down by less than a touchdown and I need a touchdown to win. I want Aaron Rodgers. I mean, that's 100% what I believe. Is this window to win a Super Bowl in Green Bay shorter? Well, obviously. I mean, but Aaron Rodgers has said he wants to play into his 40s. And he said recently in an interview that even if it's not with Green Bay, he will play until he's uh, until he's 40. So, I mean, we'll see what this is going to bring about. It could be a very, very interesting stint here. All right, so after a successful first season under Matt LaFleur, uh, the NFC Championship game was uh, was made. Obviously, it didn't end the way that uh, Packers fans would want it to. But what are your expectations as a Packers fan for this coming up season? Is it a Super Bowl or bust kind of year, or do you think that just winning the NFC North will work out? Give us your thoughts on that. Well, the NFC is completely stacked. Even without Brady coming over to the Bucks which I don't think Tampa's going to be as great as everybody says this year with no OTAs and off-season workouts. Another one. Another person that said that. Go ahead. (laughs) It's just hard for a team to gel when you're not on the field together. I realize he's breaking into his offensive coordinator's house and doing some illegal workouts in the park, (laughs) but that's not the same as an OTA. That's funny, man. But, it, we've had sorry to cut you off. We've had four teams on here, and I believe all four teams played the Bucks. And all four of you said we don't think the Bucks are going to be what everybody thinks they are this year. It's it's consensus. It seems like. Go ahead. But that being said, I still believe Green Bay is the best division or the best uh, team in the North. So uh, I really believe that we are going to win the North. The record's not going to be 13 and three. I'll just throw out 10 and six without the schedule pulled up. But there's some tough road games. Their schedule stacked this year, and they had a lot go for them last year that 
probably won't go their way this year. Yeah, so let's the first season under Matt LaFleur, you know, that rocky relationship with Mike McCarthy, by the way, you know, I will take as an upgrade over Jason Garrett. So I appreciate that, you know, marriage to be split. I will take Mike McCarthy a hundred times out of a hundred over Jason Garrett. But the 13th and three for a rookie head coach is phenomenal. Um, I think for expectations for head coach, you guys have, you know, years to come with that. For Rodgers, for his success and for what he needs in his time window, this is a Super Bowl or bust year for him. I mean, he was one game away from doing it. And I mean, it could have been Breeze versus Rogers Super Bowl or Breeze or uh, Rogers versus, or not Breeze Rogers. Apologize for that. Packers versus Mahomes. Uh, you know, right there. It could have been, it could have been that. And, you know, offense versus offense. People were seeing that. And then San Francisco was like, nope, we're just not even going to allow that to happen. And I think that they he's gotta he's gotta do it this year. I honestly do. So going back to what you had mentioned earlier that you got you guys have a couple of uh you know tough road games. You actually have a really tough road schedule. This is your this is who you've got just for some key games. You've got at Tampa, which is gonna be a primetime game, at San Francisco, which I mean you have to win that game after that that NFC championship game. You have to at New Orleans at Tennessee with those games in mind, which one do you think is a must win? I think if we can pull off at Tampa, because Packer fans always travel well to Tampa being the whole snowbird thing. If we can even have fans in any stadium and at Tennessee, again, that was another team that caught lightning in a bottle last year, but New Orleans has always been a tough place to play. Aaron's never done well in San Francisco. Look at all of the Kaepernick games. And San Francisco's defense is 100% legit. So I think if we can get definitely the Tampa and the Tennessee games, those will help. I'm looking at it right now. That's, I mean, those are just the games that you mentioned. Of course, you'll have the division games on the road, which are always tough at Minnesota, at Detroit, at Chicago. They also have to go at Indy and at Houston as well. Which you know, I don't know what Houston's going to be this year. That team seems like they're falling apart internally. But this is a if I had to pick a must win for the Green Bay Packers, I, I gotta say at San Francisco is the one. Uh, you gotta, I mean, they got their asses whooped by San Francisco twice last year, and it, they got to come out a little bit better this year for that game at least. All right, so your overall final record projection. And you, well, I mean, I kind you kind of already gave it to us, but just looking at the schedule, tell us your final record projection. I'm really thinking ten and six wins the North, so Green Bay wins the North with ten and six. Probably gives them the three seed, which is one home playoff game, and then off to either San Francisco or New Orleans. And it's going to be a really tough road to the Super Bowl for the NFC. Marcus really wish they were in the AFC when it was Kansas city and everybody else. <laughs> right. So a little different here. I had them at 10 and six, but I do not have them winning the division. I have them tied for first in the NFC North with the Vikings, but um, I picked the Vikings to be at 11 and five. Um, you know, obviously you guys week one are at Minnesota. I don't, I pick you guys to lose that one. The saints I picked, you know, to lose, the Bucks to lose the 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 Niners and then um, the Titans on the road. So I pick all of your home home games. All your home games are going to win. And then obviously the last um, loss I'm going to say at Detroit. I'm not sure why, but I just have a feeling that after all those hail marys, Rogers' checkbook's going to is going to decline, and he's not going to get mm-hmm. one of those anymore. So um, I, I think that I think that ten and six, like both of us say, I think that's a very fair record for them. See, I I have eleven and five. Really just, now, uh, just to let you guys know, yeah, one hundred percent, man. I I think that their schedule, other than the road schedule, it's very favorable. Um, 
I mean, I have them losing to each division rival once. I'm sorry, no, I have them sweeping Chicago, but I have them losing to Detroit one time. I have them losing to Minnesota one time, week one as well, like just like you, Marcus. I still have them dropping that game against San Fran. I have them beating the Bucks. I have them losing to Philly, uh, and I have them losing to one other here. Oh, New Orleans at New Orleans. I, I have them starting the season one and two, though, but then they go on like a really nice uh, four or five game win streak there with which is very possible for Green Bay, but I still haven't won in the division at 11 and five. Uh, Vikings coming in at 10 and six to be second place in the division, making the wild card spot now that every team in the NFL makes the playoffs. Yeah, they're, right. they're, um, yeah, their home schedule is very, very fair. I mean, besides obviously the division teams, you've got the Jaguars at home, the Eagles at home, and the Panthers. So that, uh, you know, your ja- you know yeah. the Jaguars is pretty much a second bye week, and then you know I always hope that any team that plays the Eagles absolutely destroys them. So I, I'm really hoping for that. I will be a Packers fan on Week 13, just so you know. Yeah, the Eagles are that team. If they're right, if they can stay healthy, they're going to be tough too. Yeah, yeah that's 100%. true. I can't wait to get to the NFC South. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's going to be a fun. Oh division. yeah. <laughs> or the NFC East. I don't know what the hell I was talking about there. Yeah, NFC Listen, East. It's, it's late at night over here. I've been up since five. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, oh, man, it's rough. Hey, Ross, uh, I'm going to give you a chance here to get, say anything you want to say about the Packers or anything like that, and then we'll head on out of here. Well, the one thing you always got to remember, with Aaron under center, you have a chance to win every game. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see another thirteen and three, but it's just asking too much for Aaron. They did they did short their defense last year, so one more year of them playing together will help. But man, I wish we could find a wide receiver somewhere. I do think the addition of linebacker Christian Kirksey was a really good uh was a really good addition to that defense as well, by the way. And uh like you said, man, with Aaron Rodgers under center the Packers are always going to have that chance. I mean, I just, I'm with you though. I wish they would have gone and got him something. I mean, even in the free agent market, there was Robbie Anderson was out there for the longest time. And I just don't get it, man. I really, I mean, even like a guy like Geronimo Allison or a, uh, God, who's the other guy that was just floating around there. I mean, they could have that first round pick that they went and got for Jordan love. They probably could have sent that to Houston and got DeAndre Hopkins. By the way, could you imagine that? That would have been nasty. Ooh. Or Stephon Diggs. I mean, th- well, they couldn't have got Diggs. There's no way the Vikings would have done that. But, you, I mean, there's just so many things that they could have done that they didn't do, and it's disappointing. It's all, I don't know if they're trying to sabotage them because they, they almost did the same thing to Brett Favre for a little while because it was like after Donald Driver, he made Greg Jennings into, the, into a star. But, I mean, did Favre really never – I mean, late in his Green Bay career had that guy, did he? No. It was, well, Jordy Nelson was starting to come in to the end of Favre and rode the prime of Rodgers. Always forget about Jordy. He was he was a beast. I don't know how I forget about Jordy, but I do. <laughs> well, Ross, man, we appreciate you giving us your time today, bro, and uh, I hope you enjoyed being on our show. All right. Thanks, man. Good luck with the show. All right. Thanks, Hey, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, Ross. All right. All right, guys, we are going to get out of here. When we come back on Monday, Marcus, we are starting the AFC North. Yeah, that's going to be interesting because there's definitely a couple teams we talked about already, and we've got some interesting guests that are going to be coming on here that are some diehard fans. Yeah, I think we're – are we starting Monday with the – is it the Ravens and the Browns or the Steelers and the Browns on Monday? We are starting the Ravens and the Browns. The Ravens and the Browns on Monday. All right, guys. We'll be back then. Until then, have a safe weekend and enjoy yourselves.